This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you again so much for joining us as we continue to work through the compendium of the social doctrine of the church, a document that the Pontifical Council of the Catholic Church has brought together. And I'm glad you've joined us for this. It's an exciting journey we're going through. And uh, we're going to talk about, uh, finish up chapter three today, a four part, part series, mini series, I guess you could say, within the larger series uh, on the very important topics that are covered in chapter four, uh, including a really detailed look at the human person. Now, in our next episode, we're going to take a break from the compendium for a minute to, to, have a discussion I think needs to be made right now because we live in a world where it seems feels like almost daily there are mass shootings or attempts at mass shootings and I feel like I need to make a response to this issue that's thought-provoking and both um, challenging and so I plan to do that in the next episode to talk about a response to the mass shootings that are going on but Hey, thank you for joining us through this mini-series just on the third chapter of the compendium. And um, today we're finishing here in part four something that you hear screamed in the streets and in the media and on the news. Uh, And that is the issue of human rights. People demanding their rights, people calling for human rights to be acknowledged, people claiming to have this right and that right and the other right. And, of course, a lot of people in the United States referring back to the U.S. Constitution, which has a Bill of Rights, and and those various things. But, uh, you know, it's in the news everywhere, and there's just a constant clamoring for human rights. Um, in this messy environment of rights, and I do call it a messy environment, I want to clear up the conversation a bit. Because it gets confusing after a while, because it's amazing to me the laundry list of rights that people are claiming to have. And of course, many people screaming and demanding their rights be um, uh, observed uh, by others in society. And it just seems like a loud and messy environment that the the discussion of human rights is having right now. And I want to just calm down the discussion a little bit. And to clear it up a little bit and to bring it back to something that makes sense. And in the third chapter of the compendium, the Pontifical Council ends this chapter with a discussion on human rights. But before we get into rights, and I will be talking about some of the rights that humans inherently have so that we can be on the same page. But at the same time, I want to just talk about some facts about human rights and the first fact about human rights is that the human rights uh, human rights come from the creator of the universe and not the government, not media and not the individual. 
and certainly not any social justice group. There, the government, the media, individual people, social justice groups do not have the ability to understand what human rights exist. As we'll get further into this discussion on some facts about human rights, you'll see why it's impossible for these entities and individuals to determine what human rights are, but they don't come or find their source in any of those uh, arenas. Rather, human rights come from the creator. The one who created human beings is the one who determined what rights they have. For example, when the car was created, um, the creator of the automobile got to determine where the parts were to, to be located in that machine in order for it to run properly. In the same way as the creator of the universe and the creator of human beings has determined what is proper for humans to, to uh, have or to possess in order for creation to run smoothly. Uh, the preamble to the Declaration of Independence of the United States uh, states that all men are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. And we'll talk about what inalienable means later on. But so even the founding fathers of the United States recognized that these rights did not come from them. It certainly didn't come from the King of England and it doesn't come from the U S government. They, they stated right off the bat, it comes from the creator. The creator has endowed us with certain inalienable rights. I like that word certain because they understood that it's not an exhaustive list of rights that we possess as humans. It's not, actually even a very long list. It's just a, a way uh, of the human dignity. Now, no individual, and I've said this, but I'm going to say it in a different way. No individual entity or group has the ability to discern universal rights. As human beings, we are limited in our ability to think about something. Uh, have you ever come up with an idea and you've wanted to present it to people and then in the presenting of that idea, you had a question and answer time and people started asking questions that made you realize that you had not seen the whole picture and that you didn't have it all figured out. I've had that many times. And that's because as humans, we lack the ability to fully see the entire picture, but the creator who is infinite in wisdom sees the entire picture of creation, every detail of it simultaneously and knows what rights we should have as, as human beings in order to fulfill our role in creation. But these entities and groups, governments, whoever it is, none of them, even as they collaborate together, do not have the ability to understand what is the universal rights that every human should have. Uh, and if they did, make that list, which they try to do, then they have to retract and realize we made a mistake. Um, however, how, how do we determine though, as humans, what are those universal rights? Well, the creator has instilled it in us, the knowledge of what those rights are. And that's how we can even understand instinctively what rights humans possess. So the first fact is human rights come only from the creator or, and are determined by the creator. 
Secondly, the second fact about human rights is that human rights are universal. Whatever is a right for me to possess is a right for the entire population of the earth to possess. There is no human right that is only for one group um, or only for one individual or one entity. Whatever human right that exists, it exists for everyone. It is not exclusive to any one group, which this truth creates a problem in our modern atmosphere of social justice because you hear all these groups demanding they have rights. I mean, I'm going to pick on racism. We talk about in the discussion on racism that black people have these certain rights. Well, you know, if black people have certain rights, those rights then are transferable or they're, they're the same rights that white people have. And they're the same rights that Asian people have. It doesn't matter what the right is, it cannot be held exclusively to one individual, one group, or one entity. It is for everyone. So if I have a right to live as a human being, then uh, that means every human or even potential human has the ability to live or has the right to live. To me, it's kind of almost comical and the ability, uh, debate on abortion, how that the people that are demanding that for the right to end the life of the infant in the womb are people who themselves are alive and were born. It isn't the unborn that's demanding the right to abortion. It's those who have already been born that are demanding this supposed right, which is not a right. We'll talk about that later. But it's the people who have been able to enjoy their right to live and be born, who are demanding that others do not get to enjoy that right. And that's hypocritical because the right to life. And as I've talked about in the past, the right to life isn't just does not just entail the abortion issue. It entails immigration uh, refugees it entails the elderly, all kinds of issues are within the right to life discussion. But if I have a right, I, a person who have been born and am alive right now and having this discussion with you, if I have enjoyed this right to live, then the ones who have not been born yet also have that same right to live because all human rights are universal. Again, in today's social justice environment, there's too much division, and I think it's on purpose, by the way. I think it's on purpose to divide us against each other so that then control can be had by certain groups. And so what they do is they divide us, getting us to think that certain populations have rights. In other words, black lives matter. Black lives have certain rights, which they do, but those are universal rights that are brothers and sisters who happen to have black skin enjoy the rights they enjoy are the same rights we all enjoy as human beings or whether it's uh, the right. Uh, we'll talk more about the rights in a moment, but the right to freely worship the creator, that right extends to everybody. And if you don't like the way somebody else wash, worships the creator, 
Well, I'm sorry, but the right that you enjoy to worship the Creator in the way that you understand is the same right that someone else has in the way they understand. And so, you know, we have to understand it's not exclusive. Uh, Now, the third truth or fact about human rights is that human rights are inviolable. Inviolable. Since the rights exist within the person, they cannot be violated. Now you can attempt to violate them, but to violate them does great violence to that person's nature. And we'll get to that in the next point. But because human rights exist within the person and not outside the person, then they cannot be violated. So for example, let's say I have the right to happiness. All right. And you try to take away my right to happiness. You can't do it. I mean, you can put me in prison. You can torture my body. You can do all this stuff, threaten to kill me. And if I'm choosing to be happy, there's nothing you can do about it because you cannot actually violate that right because it's actually inside of me. You see. So what we've done is we've tried to violate people in the external. We'll talk about that in a minute is that the fourth point, human rights are inalienable. That means you cannot deprive another person of rights without doing violence to their nature. So when the founding fathers of the United States mentions that, that uh, all men are created equal and endowed with certain right inalienable rights by that creator, they meant that you cannot deprive a person of their rights by doing violence to their nature. So during the days in the United States of segregation of white and black people, when you did that, You did violence to people's nature. And by the way, segregation did not just do violence to the nature of black people. It did violence to the nature of white people, too, because it restricted white people from fully living out their love towards others by teaching them to hate. So so there was a time in the in, for example, the the days of segregation that we did violence to people's natures by trying to deprive them of certain rights. So so it's impossible to peacefully deprive somebody of their rights. So think about that. Everyone is your brother and sister. And because of that, uh, If you are depriving somebody of their right, for example, to fair wages at their work and you do not pay them fair wages as an employee employer, then you are doing violence to them and violence to their family. And if you're doing that, you have, you need to repent before the creator, repent before God for doing that to your brother or sister. Now, this is all basic that I've mentioned so far, but it gives us some direction. And since these truths are evident, then we have to defend them and defend the human rights for all people. So since human rights are uh, universal, since they come from God, then it isn't our job to determine the rights or determine who gets those. It's an automatic, they come from God who has already predetermined human rights and it's universal and so on because of that then our job then becomes to ensure that everybody gets to enjoy their inerrant rights as a human being that's our job it's not to determine 
too much, way too much in our social justice movements today, way too much determining of what the rights are. Sorry, that was determined long, long ago by the Creator. Before there was ever a human being in the universe, the Creator had already decided what those future humans... (laughs) what rights they were going to enjoy. And it's for everybody. So we don't even need to determine who gets the rights. It's an automatic, it's a given in creation, it's for everybody. So our job then just becomes to ensure everybody gets to enjoy those, which goes back to my original definition on what social justice is. It's creating a society where everyone in that society has the potential to thrive as a human being. Now, let's take a look at something that you may not be aware of, but it's something you need to be aware of. It's, I, lo- I love that the Pontifical Council brought this out. Uh, in 1948, which was before I was born, so I'm not all that old, just so you know, Uh, Born in the 70s, but uh, in 1948, the United Nations adopted a document, and we're going to look at their proclamation on human rights. You need to know this document. In fact, I encourage you to Google it when you get a chance. In 1948, the UN adopted the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. The Universal Declaration of Human Rights, 1948 document by the United Nations, and they did a phenomenal job on this document. In fact, Pope John Paul II praised this as a true milestone on the path of humanity's moral progress. I think it really is. I mean, if all nations were to read this document and really follow it, we would have a peaceful world in a hurry. So I encourage you to read this document. It states clearly, and for all nations, the inerrant rights due to every person. Uh, And whether it is the UN Declaration, the Compendium's Declaration, or a a nation's constitution, there are inerrant rights given to all by the Creator, and the UN has recognized this. And here I'm going to just list a few of those rights. And I'm not going to get into deeply into the UN Declaration because I don't want to miss out on any of it. And it's kind of a long document, so I don't want to miss out on any of it. In fact, maybe I'll do podcast on it someday who knows but the un declaration is something you really need to do an internet search on and get a hold of that copy but here's a few of the the between the un declaration and the compendium some of the human rights that everyone should enjoy so you ready for this first is right to life every human being from conception to natural death should enjoy the right to life. Now, this is often isolated to the abortion issue, but the right to life includes the right to be in a secure family, the right to be to safety uh, if you are a refugee or immigrant, and so on. So you have the right to a good life. Now, whether you if you make choices to mess that up, that's your choice. But you have a right to a good life. You have a right to be in a secure home. You have a right to be safe. And taken care of if you're an immigrant or a refugee, you have a right to be born if you're unborn. You have a right to die and to be taken care of, uh, to be taken care of well if you're an elderly person at the end of life. You have the right to be taken care of 
And this, so this right, this right to life extends to the whole spectrum of life. So people who are saying we need to, you know, not allow immigrants into the United States, for example, well, that's doing violence to our brothers and sisters. Now I'm for common sense laws around immigration. I understand that if you allow too many people into one nation at a time, you could actually harm the economy and then make it bad for everybody. But I also believe that we're, we're not approaching this issue correctly. And I don't want to get into it. I've gotten into it in the past, this issue. But the thing is, is whether it's immigrants or refugees coming in, we've got to, to up our game a little bit because we're not truly allowing people this right of theirs to move about and to, to find safety, especially those who are refugees. I work for an organization that uh, focuses on service to refugees. And do you realize that by the time a refugee comes into your nation, the trauma that they have experienced I mean, a refugee has experienced extreme trauma. They've lived in refugee camps. They've been shifted around the world into strange places they know nothing about. They've gone without food. Maybe they've had spouses or children die, parents die. You know, these people, by the time they arrive to your country, they are totally uh, traumatized. And so I encourage you to realize that these brothers and sisters who are forced out of their homeland. You know, I've got a, a person who lives uh, in one of the rooms uh, in the house where I rent a room. And that person who is a refugee from the Middle East, they told me, you know, they didn't want to leave their homeland. They love their home country. But because of terrorism and war from terrorism, they were forced out and... They were shifted all over the world and eventually landed in the United States. But he said, you know, as much as I like the United States, I, I miss my homeland. I miss my family. These people are traumatized. They're, they're separated from what they know to no fault of their own. So you see, and by the way, when you support war in other countries, yeah, you may think of the bad guys or the terrorists or whatever that you're going after, but what actually happens in these wars is people like my housemate who's forced away from their homeland and separated from their families. That's actually what was the outcome of the war that you supported. That's why war is not a good thing. It's just not. It doesn't really accomplish anything. So, uh, and it never really gets rid of the quote bad guys either. So that right, that outcome actually never happens. So the right to life, every human being from uh, uh, that's alive from conception, natural death gets to enjoy the right to life. And we need to defend that. The second, another right. Uh, and again, we're just listing a few, but another inerrant right from the creator is the right to provide for your family. This right includes just wages and other compensation for work done. Even if you are unemployed, uh, you should have the right to be taken care of while you're unemployed and seeking other work. I've dogged on employers a lot in this podcast, but there's a reason for it. I've worked several jobs myself where it's like, are you kidding me? You want me to do this really hard and complicated work for this wage? Really? 
do you not understand what it costs to house my family and to feed my family? And, and uh, uh, don't you get it that what it costs to, to take care of my family's health and stuff? You know, I know employers say, don't you get it what it costs to run a business? I get it. And I think, you know, one of the guilty parties in this whole unjust wage scenario is the government because they tax businesses so heavily that small businesses especially can't hardly pay their employees. I get that. But the thing is, people deserve the chance to make, earn money so they can eat, take care of their health and, and, and take a vacation, take a break once in a while, get out of town, go somewhere and rejuvenate. You know, and so we've got to really take this right ser- more seriously than we have. The right to provide for your family. Another right is the right to property. Now, this right does not mean that everybody should have property. Some people don't want property. Some people, well, they're cool with renting a place from somebody else. They don't want necessarily responsibilities of owning a property, but most people do. But they, a lot of people can't. So this means you have a right, again, not a requirement, to, to property and the right to enjoy your property without interference from the government or other sources. So everyone has the opportunity to enjoy this universal right to have their own property, to enjoy that property, and to um, uh, do so without interference from the government. Which, by the way, one of the major interferences from the government on property is property taxes. I think property taxes should be eliminated. You say, well, what about the library and what about the schools? Well, let them figure out how to fund it without property taxes. Property taxes are an invasion on people, you know, and I live in a county where the property taxes are insane, what they're charging. And so, you know, we need to eliminate that because people should have a right to property without interference uh, of that. The other, another right, and this is interesting, this is one of those fun rights. (laughs) So if you want something fun, it's like, hey, this is great. I love this right. Give me that right, the right to movement. This means the right to move within your state or your country or to even right to move to another country if you want. Uh, Southwest Airlines, a major airline in the United States, their logo is you are now free to move about the country. You know, you're now free to move about the country. Well... That's a freedom, a right, and that's what a freedom is. A freedom is is an atmosphere where you can enjoy that right freely to move around. I, I don't know about you, but I love to travel. I like to travel to other countries, to other states. Here in America, I live in, in Oregon, which is one of the most beautiful states in the United States, and it's really big. I mean, I don't think in one lifetime you can truly see all that there is just in this one state. I love traveling around Oregon. I love seeing things. I like seeing things I've never seen before. I like seeing other cultures, you know, moving about. Well, that's one of the rights that the Creator has given human beings is the right to move about. But unfortunately, we've had people like Hitler who's locked the borders. When Hitler, he locked Germany's borders, didn't allow anybody in or out. You know, it's just, I don't know. Humans have the right to movement. Now, again, when it comes to immigration, it doesn't mean that a nation cannot have regulations on how that immigration flow moves because you got to keep the whole population, keep the nation's economy 
and resources and all that mine. I get that. But same time, you know, we're, we need to just make sure people have the right to enjoyment of movement. Uh, here's one. The right to thought and speech. The right to thought and speech. I remember in George Orwell's 1984, which is a weird novel, but I like it. It's, it's actually quite true. It's like, yeah, that, that, that rings really true. But, you know, having the thought police and all that, you know, determining your thoughts, determining what you say and all that, it's just not right. Everybody has the right to thought and speech. Now, in America, we've got these groups like Antifa and different ones who are trying to shut down your right to thought and speech, which is interesting to me because they call themselves Antifa, which is short for anti-fascist. How can you be anti-fascist and yet shutting down people's thoughts and speech violently? So they're ultra left-wing group. And if you are conservative and speak, they literally beat you to death. How's that anti-fascist? That's very fascist. So they're the biggest hypocrites on the planet at the moment, in my opinion, Antifa is. But, you know, come on. Everybody has the right to thought and speech. And if somebody is really dumb and their thought and speech, that's okay. I've seen a few people put their stupidity for worldwide display on television that's okay. They have that right. Yeah, they have to bear the consequences of that, but that's okay. But the thing is, is that you and I should have the right to our thoughts and the right to speech without being judged by anyone, without being punished by anyone for that. Now, the right to this particular right to thought and speech varies from nation to nation, but the general idea is that you can think for yourself and speak for yourself without retaliation. Now, these groups that are so-called social justice groups are actually shutting down this particular right, and they're doing violence to our natures by doing so. Another one, uh, last one on the list that we'll look at for today is the right to freedom. Humans have a right to live free from tyranny. Oh, government officials, are you listening to me? We, uh, the people, have the right to live without your opinion on the matter. Now, these are, and other rights are mentioned in the compendium and in the UN declaration that I, and I encourage you to examine it for yourself. Now, a word of caution about our demand for rights, because we say, look, I have the right uh, to thought and speech. I'm demanding that right. Well, giving you a word of caution when it comes to demanding your rights, G.K. Chesterton said Just because you have a right to do something doesn't mean it is the right thing to do. (laughs) So if I have a right to free speech in some conversations, I also have the right to shut my mouth. (laughs) If I'm going to be a wise person in that particular moment. So keep that in mind. Now, let's finish up today by looking at the final thought on the, in the compendium in this chap, third chapter is rights and duties. Uh, the council approaches the realm of duties that come with rights and freedoms. Now, we've heard these phrases mentioned that, you know, there's with every freedom comes responsibility. But that we never get much detail. Like, what do you mean by that? It's kind of vague. Well, the idea of the duties that comes with rights and freedom is that with individual rights comes the duty to respect and defend the rights of others. Okay, so for example, if I have the right to free speech, so does my neighbor. And if my neighbor, if I deem my neighbor to be an idiot, that's okay. Maybe they deem that about me too. 
but we both have the, those rights to speak and enjoy that right or the right to property. You know, so for example, if my na my neighbor, uh, if I um, I have blackberry vines, which grows like crazy here in Oregon in the Willamette Valley, but if my blackberry vines from my yard are growing into my neighbor's yard, I should clip those vines so that they can enjoy their right to property without invasion from my blackberry vines or my walnut tree or whatever it is. So keep those things in mind. Also, we have the duty to defend the rights of nations. Nations must respect the rights of other nations and not make demands like so often happens or other na on other nations. And this 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 one drives me crazy. I, I get I get so tired when U.S. presidents talk about we are going to establish democracy in Iraq or establish democracy in this country, that country. Well, first of all, we can't even get our own nation in order. Why are we worried about every other nation? But the other thing is maybe they don't want that form of government. Have you ever thought that those people don't like that form of government? I was talking to a woman one day who during the invasion under President Bush Jr., during the invasion of uh, Baghdad, her and her family, husband and kids lived in Baghdad. And because of the war, they were forced to... Uh, come to the United States to seek refuge. And one of the things she told me, she said, you know, we all actually liked being under Saddam Hussein. She said, everybody uh, had a job under him. Uh, everybody uh, had a car, um, food, a, a house. There was no homelessness. She said, ever since that war and ever since he's thrown out of power, it's just constant homelessness and joblessness and, and starvation. And the thing is, what she was telling me is we were happy with our form of government. We were cool with it. So instead of saying we're going to push our way onto other nations, what we should be doing is asking them, what do you want? And then they tell us we defend that. <clears throat> now, it doesn't mean if we see governments oppressing, severely oppressing their citizens, we don't stand up and do something, but you, you, I think you get the idea. Now, one of the, an example I have of this defending other people's rights and responsibilities that comes with that, if I enjoy a universal right to just wages, for example, so does everyone else. So I cannot demand or enjoy just wages at the expense of others not getting their just wages. And we see this violated all the time in corporations where the executives enjoy large compensation packages while others in the company suffer and have to figure out how to make their next rent payment. Those who are blessed with much should let go of some of their wealth so that the resources become accessible for the common good of all. I'm going to say that again. Those who are blessed with much should let go of some of their wealth so that the resources become accessible for the common good of all. So with rights comes the duty to defend and respect others who have those same rights. I want to read a paragraph from the compendium as we get near the end of this episode. And it speaks so well to what we've been speaking on. It says, unfortunately, this is the end of uh, paragraph 158 in the compendium. 
Unfortunately, there is a gap between the letter and spirit of human rights, which can often be attributed to a merely formal recognition of these rights. The church's social doctrine in consideration of the privilege accorded by the gospel to the poor repeats over and over that the more fortunate should uh, renounce some of their rights. So the more fortunate should renounce some of their rights so as to place their goods more generously at the service of others and that an excessive affirmation of equality can give rise to an individual individualism in with uh, in which each one claims his own rights without wishing to be answerable for the common good. So to summarize that, if we, if I, as an individual have a, an errant human, uh, inherent human right, then I have to understand that that right works within the framework of the common good of all humanity. So in other words, if I have a right to life, I don't have a right to my life, but rather a right to enjoy the life God has given me in order to serve others. St. Paul in the New Testament of the Christian Bible, St. Paul says, in Christ, you have been called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature or the flesh, but rather use your freedom to serve others. You see, if I have a right to free speech, what I really have is a right to build up others with my speech. Not to spout my foolishness for all to see. Landlords in my city are increasing rents exponentially. And many people are becoming homeless as a result. So many of the poor are becoming homeless because even though they have jobs, they can no longer afford these insane increases in rent. Just because you can raise rents high does not mean that you should raise them high. For the common good of all, I encourage landlords listening to keep rent within the reach of all. And I encourage the government, if you're putting undue burdens on landlords that are forcing landlords to increase their rents, please release those burdens from landlords so that they can release the burden of tenants. It seems that most people today are screaming and demanding their rights. This is good if it comes from the standpoint of demanding an inherent right. Unfortunately, there are many demanding rights that are not good. It is not necessary to demand the right to carry a gun. This is not a universal right given by the Creator. It's merely given by the U.S. Constitution. Another right we demand is the right to free speech. And while this is a good right, we often abuse it by using our speech to tear others down. The purpose of human rights is that all may enjoy creation and the Creator, not so that everyone can be selfish and live to the exclusion of others. Where are those who are demanding the right to love the poor? Where are those who are demanding the right to lay down their life for their friends? And so on. We have to get away from the conversation of rights that has self-centeredness at its core and get back to a society that recognizes the dignity of all people. I encourage you to promote and defend the inherent rights of all as you create a just society right where you are. 
You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through matradayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.